Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You're listening to Lego Masters Deconstructed. Welcome back to Lego Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only Lego Masters podcast, and we're very excited today to bring you an interview with Andrew and Damien from the show. Yes, Andrew and Damien were probably some of our early picks to make it to the finals, so it was really exciting to chat to them about their journey and their building over the season, so take a listen. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Hey. Our pleasure to have. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Obviously, you guys made top three. Uh, It was really exciting to watch your journey and especially watch you guys in that finale. How was your Lego Masters journey? um, I I think um, uh, we went through pretty much every emotion that you could. But um, if you gave me an overall summary, I I would say that it was one of the greatest things I've ever done. Um, We had a... fantastic time um you know i I think initially it was about the lego and about the idea of building and you know working with three million bricks which is pretty cool uh but then it became so much more you know meeting all the contestants and becoming really good friends uh it was just fantastic there's just so many angles that i went oh this is the first time for me yeah it was awesome yeah it was just as andrew said it was you know we came for the lego but stayed for the (laughs) <laughs> the friendship and the <laughs> and the whole experience. It's um, I think that's why we all competed so hard is because yeah. we're having such a great time. We just none of us wanted to go home. We were just having a blast. So yeah, that's why we put everything into every build. When you guys applied for Lego Masters, did you ever think? oh, like we might get to the end and we might get really close to winning. Or were you just like, no. oh, we'll see what happens? No way. No, 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 no. We, we, <laughs> we only just did it for fun. We just said, oh, let, this sounds like fun. We get to build with some bricks. Yeah, but we had no idea how, you know, if we could even build under these sort of circumstances because we're used to building just, you know, you have as – ever long as you want to build something, you know, we're usually big castle type people and, and uh, that can take, you know, months and months, you know, it's these really long projects. And so now we've been giving things to build under pressure in a few hours. We had no idea if we could even do it. So yeah. to answer your original question, to, <laughs> to get as far as we did in the competition was just incredible. We had no idea, um, you know, that we'd be, be able to even be competitive. Yeah, I, I think to... Um with building, you kind of get in the moment of the build. So at no point in the middle of the build go, I think we can make it to the final. You just go, <laughs> man, I've got two hours left. What are we going to do now? Yeah. And then you finish and then you're relieved and then you look at it and then you sort of analyse it, go and have a drink with your mates and then <laughs> you're into the next thing. And it was really much, pretty much like that on repeat the whole time. Yeah, yeah. You just live from challenge to challenge, really. Yeah. And it's it's great. And you, and you do end up putting a lot of confidence in your – you have to put confidence in your own skills um, because, you know, <laughs> you know, you've got Brickman who just comes along and 
he can say whatever he likes. He goes, that idea's dumb or that idea's great. <laughs> and you've got a decision to make. Do I go with Brickman who's going to be yeah. judging me or do I keep going on this pathway? And sometimes I think he would just say that just to be, you know, just to make sure that we knew what we are doing. Yeah. It was interesting with Brickman. Sometimes he would test you and test your convictions. Um, so sometimes it would be straight up advice and other times it's more of a question to make you think. And in the moment you weren't always aware of is this one of those times where he's giving me straight down the line advice or is he just kind of testing us? So, um, yeah, it's just interesting how, you know, you took it sometimes. So with that, all that in mind, all, you know, all the various difficulties and the, the craziness of the experience, you guys jumped into the first episode, first time in the brick pit officially, I guess, yeah. and you ended up building the Isle of Eyes and, and winning that competition. So once that happened, were you guys kind of like, wait a second, <laughs> maybe we can do this. What, what did that feel like? We can do this, yeah. <laughs> that particular challenge was something that we were very used to doing. So I think that's probably why we kind of did so well at it. It was really in our comfort zone. We're used to building sort of these worlds and and the theme we went with was something we were kind of comfortable with. Like we hadn't done an Asian theme before um so that style of architecture but so that was different for us but that whole idea of building a civilization and having a scene with all the little minifigures and stuff so that's something we're very used to doing so yeah so we were fortunate there to do something we were really comfortable with um but that's kind of why we stretched ourselves a little bit doing a different theme at least you know we hadn't done something in that genre before, so that was fun. Before we um, we started that first build, um, Brickman would say to us, now, guys, don't hold back. You know, do everything you can to make this the best build ever. And I think <laughs> for, for a lot of us, what we did is we just went Bleh, with all the ideas that we had, and that was it. <laughs> and we get to the end of the build and go, what are we going to do next time? I've just used up everything in my, in my bag, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, you know, even though we did really well with it, we went, well, that was great, but now what are we going to do? And I know for Damien and I, we just made this decision that we were going to grow in our skills with every build and challenge ourselves. I think that was the only way forward. So, yeah. <laughs> I think by um, challenge three, we were tapped out skill-wise. We'd, we'd, <laughs> we'd use pretty much every trick. And I think even one of the critiques, I think it was for the um, explosion challenge, he says, oh, you guys have just pulled out every trick in the book. And we pretty much had by that point. We had. We had, we, 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 we should, we had shown him everything we had. <laughs> A bunch of the other contestants have been saying that you guys had far and away the most breadth of knowledge of Lego experience across the teams. And so you guys were kind of like a second and third brick man on set. Do you feel like that's true? <laughs> really? <laughs> really? <laughs> well, if that's the case, if that's the case, then we knew nothing. Nobody knows anything on the show. <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, actually, that, is that where your nickname came from, Andrew? Because the, the, the team, Broder, the guys, yeah, yeah Broder, they call him Broder, for, that's, which stood for Brick Yoda. Um, I, thought, I thought that's just because he was old. but um. yeah. I, I, No, I think it is. I, think it, I thought it was because I was old. Uh, but maybe it, was, maybe it was partly knowledge-based as well. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I mean, we learned things from other contestants as well. So, yeah, I mean, I know Andrew's certainly been building a lot longer than – I mean, I've been – using Lego all my life, but I haven't really been doing my own creations until about five years ago. So I would, I never really considered myself, you know, a really excellent sort of freestyle builder. And it's only the last couple of years I've kind of got into it. So um, 
I did rely on Andrew for a lot of the stuff, but um, I, I guess I just knew more than I thought I did. Yeah, the real advantage of being ancient is that you can uh, <laughs> say you've been building a lot longer. I think what it might have been is that we had a style and we knew how to build in that style. Like uh, even now, looking back on the builds, you know, we've, I've got friends that look at it and they say, we can tell that that build was something that you and Damien made. And I think that's just that we just established something. And it's probably a little bit more finer than um, some of the other people was. And maybe that's why they said what they said about our skill levels. But certainly I didn't feel like we, <laughs> I didn't feel like we were experienced at all, no. especially uh, in line with Brickman. I mean, I've... I've never built with 3 million bricks, let alone 300,000 bricks. That was one of the great parts of the show is um, fine and was one of the reasons why we went on. We wanted to see what we could do uh, without that restriction of having parts at hand. Usually at home, you build with whatever you've got and that's a limitation on you straight away. So your build can only be as good as what you've got at the moment, right? Um, So having the brick pit there, that removed that limitation. So we were really excited to see what we could produce without having that limitation put on us. And then so with those no limitations, what build ended up being the one you're most proud of? If there was one, like was there a standout build? If I, I'll just rephrase the question. <laughs> if, if I could take a build home with me, which one would it be? And I'd say I'd say the final build, um, A, because it's got more bricks than anything else, but also <laughs> I, I actually think what we did was we actually improved on our skills and the culmination of those skills was our final build. That is true, yeah. And, and I can see part like I remember like even the infrastructure inside that giant stadium um, all those technical skills I remember learning that when we were building the um, hanging brick you know where we had to build off this one technique brick so so I think I would probably take that only because it reminds me of all of the things that we've learned mm. yeah that hanging brick challenge where you guys built that pirate ship I think you guys maybe got the biggest compliment ever from Brickman when he said, um, if this was a set, I would buy it. Uh, did you like? How was that? <laughs> yeah, that's <was> pretty awesome. <laughs> I still, yeah, I'm actually really blown away by that comment. And I know that with Brickman, you know, just a shout out to Brickman, he's really honest. Like he he actually tells you the truth. He doesn't exaggerate. He says what how it is. Mm-hmm. So when he said that, I was like, wow, <laughs> this is great. Yeah, to be told that um, your build would be good enough to be a set is a compliment in itself. And then for him to say, well, that's a set and I would then buy that. So that's (laughs) – I'm taking it as two compliments. (laughs) One of the builds that Brickman didn't love as much was your 60s uh, sci-fi movie poster for the 3D art challenge. Personally, I thought that build was amazing. I loved the idea of having like an old B-movie sci-fi poster and I thought the final result was great, but Brickman maybe didn't love it as much. Looking back on that, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I'm. I, I was just a bit disappointed because um, we really loved it and we had so much fun making it. And I think Brickman didn't warm to it because I think he was looking for more, in air quotes, classic art, mm, like yeah. a painting. Whereas our interpretation of art was a lot wider than his, because uh, we certainly went overboard with the 3D component. So we we know we nailed that part of the brief, but. Again, we learned so much from doing that build because I've never built a large creature slash monster before. So building Munch was just a blast. Uh, and, you know, Brickman did tell us early on, he goes, ah, I don't know if I like that idea. And it was one of those moments where we could have gone, well, what does Brickman want? Let's find out. Or, no, let's stick to this idea and just do the best we can with what we've got. 
And I'm really glad that we actually did stick with it because I look back on it and think that's a really cool build. And I've had people say, is Munch a real movie? <laughs> no, nah, it was just a word. Something that we've touched on quite a lot in the podcast in previous episodes that I think this builds a really good example of is the struggles and the challenges of Brickman being the only judge. Like he's obviously very talented. Everyone we've spoken to just has endless praise about him. But he is also the only judge. I mean, how do you balance a situation like this where he says, I don't like that idea, but you guys want to go for it? Yeah. Well, I mean, he did give you a heads up, you know, before judging. So we did have time to change it. I mean, we were a few hours in though, but we could have changed. And if we were really super concerned, um, I, I think it was always at the back of our mind, we were worried about how much he wouldn't like it. I guess we... To Andrew's point, we just hope that if we showed enough technique and put everything else together really well, that we'd at least be good enough to stay. I think being in the music world, uh, we do a lot of competitions and they usually just have one judge and sometimes two or three. But even with that, it's always going to be a subjective uh, approach because art is a a subjective. I, I do think, though, looking back on it, it would have been cool if they had a curator, say, from an art gallery that was an assistant judge, oh. only because they, would have, they wouldn't be thinking about Lego. They'd be thinking about the visual mm-hmm. and about the story and about all the things that art really should be telling. Even if it was just a sounding board for Brickman, even if they didn't have the final yeah. say, they could just put in their thoughts and maybe look at it from an angle that Brickman hadn't thought of and that might help give it a little bit more balance or a wider view. Actually, I'm going to give uh, Hamish props here. He he did sort of uh, was that sort of sounding board at times in that way. Because he, he actually it was this build I remember. Because um, Brickman was saying, "Oh, I'm not really sure if it's art," but then Hamish actually went into bat for us. He said, "Well, what is art? You know, ah. art's very subjective." <laughs> it didn't make the cut. It didn't make the edit. But um, yeah, during our obviously you don't get to see everything that's that happens and that is said. Mm. And uh, that happened a few more times in other builds as well. I actually really wish that Hamish got to vote in the final build alongside with Brickman and the general public. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I think I think by then he would have earned a vote, even if it's worth one vote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give the guy 10 at least. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously for that final build, you have to impress Brickman and the general public. Was that weighing on your, wi- weighing on your mind much when you're thinking, okay, Brickman's looking for the technical stuff and the aesthetic, but the general public kind of just want to be wowed? 100%. We actually designed our build for the public. We didn't know, the, you know, the uh, final build was exactly going to be like last year's, but we thought, all right, if it is, this is what we're going to do. And we sort of had these, you know, pretty well laid out plans. So we also designed our build for our competition um, who we're building against because we knew uh, Trent and Josh were going to go big because, you know, they kill it when they go big. They're excellent large model builders. Uh, Jackson and Alex love their intricate detail and, you know, they've got that sort of kooky style going. Um, So we thought, all right, well, what are we good at? How do we tick as many boxes as we can for Brickman and the public. So that's how we came up with our final build. And that was the process that we kept thinking about, you know, are they going to, would the public look at this and go, wow, that's huge, and then go, hey, look at that. There's, um, there's, a, there's two mechs now in a fight. There's all these people and they're doing things. And then say, how the heck did he make it? How did you make a semicircle? Yeah. Is that brick bending? <laughs> are you brick bending? <clears throat> right? 
how how did they make those mechs? Look at the detail. I mean, I don't. We don't know what the end up the votes were, but I'm I'm hoping that it was pretty close. Oh, I'm sure it would have been. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. One of the issues that Brickman. Uh, was pointing out was that he estimated that you'd need four and a half thousand minifigs to fill the grandstand. Do you know how many you ended up using? Because that seems like a lot. Yeah, I think I think that was one of those uh, Brickman scare tactics that made you um, <laughs> <laughs> rethink. And uh, you know, I, I think his message was, um, "Don't just have it full of people." I think that was his way of saying, yeah. "Make it more interesting, just than having a big crowd." And which yeah. you know, we we did we, we did have a few plans. We did, um, when we planned the size of the thing, we had a rough idea of how many figures, I think. Did we estimate between three and 400? Uh, yeah, about that. It wasn't 4,000. No, we never planned <laughs> to use every row um, because we knew that would take so much time. Well, well. Also, we found that you couldn't see them if you put if you put everybody in every row. All you could yeah. see was their 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 head. So we, we we put a little bit of space between them. But the other thing is that we had stairs going up on either side. There was a corporate box. There was a whole lot of things that added to that space. But still, it was a lot of people. Like when we raided the brick pit for people, like we raided that thing. <laughs> yeah. One thing I'd just like to add is um, I think uh, the show, its success was the fact that we had people who were pushing themselves with every build. And the thing is that we found is that obviously the scenarios were different, but we were all different as well, the way that we all built. Like uh, I love that in the final, they were so different. Yeah, that was cool. They were just completely different genres and ways of techniques and so on all of which were at the highest level I think you could see. Um, and that was the way we wanted it. Like, I, you know, obviously winning would have been great, but we were completely fine with where we came because we knew it was just so close. Yeah. Yeah, we, we were really, uh, I mean, we're such good friends with all the cast. Um, I mean, that just speaks to the, the quality of people that were on there. It was just amazing. And um, the fact that we're all still mates now, we all, keep in touch and we're all really keen for a reunion and all that sort of stuff so um yeah it was such a great experience awesome guys well thank you so much for jumping on the podcast and giving us so much of your time today no worries thanks for having us oh, pleasure thanks for having us yeah Thanks so much for listening to Lego Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only Lego Masters podcast. We've got a whole bunch of episodes that you can go back and listen to if you haven't heard them already. Interviews with all the cast. We've got recaps of all the episodes if you're doing a little rewatch, which could be fun. And uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast because we'll have a couple more episodes coming out this year. And then also hopefully going to be back for the next season of the show. Fingers crossed. If you want to get in touch with us or send us any thoughts or questions feel free to hit us up on instagram my handle is zoe peck underscore and mine is at parentes swag king thanks so much for listening guys we'll see you next time bye even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.